All right, very good. Okay, tell you, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a quick devotion, and we're going to focus just on one verse, okay? One verse. So I'm going to read the verse. We're going to talk a little bit about Christmas, and then we're going to come back to that verse. Now, this verse isn't what you typically hear around Christmas time. Okay, when you hear Christmas stories and baby Jesus and the angels, people usually don't read this verse, but this verse really kind of uh, summarizes the whole Christmas story because it's all about the gospel, the good news of Jesus. This is Romans 6.23. Anybody think you have that memorized already? No? Okay, I'll read it. Maybe, maybe some of you do. It says, For the wages of sin is death. Now, here's the good part. But... The gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, think about that for a second. Okay, pause on that for a second. I'm going to show you what's in here. You're probably wondering why I walked up with a garbage bag or something. Before I show you, some of you guys tell me, what do you really love about Christmas? What's a, raise your hand if you could, and I'll call on you. What do you really love about Christmas? I'm sure there's a lot of things. Let's hit on a couple. Yes, honey, what do you love? Very good, very good. And if you couldn't hear that, she says, the, you say the, the first thing about Christmas or the best thing? Which one did you say? The best thing. Best thing. And Jesus was born. And the three wise men, very good. That's awesome. What else can we say that we really love about Christmas? Yes, honey. Um, I um, like Christmas when my um, family is all together. Family's all together, very good, very good. He said when family's all together. Anybody want to add to that? A lot of things we love about Christmas. Anything? Okay, now, I have a confession to make. When I was your age, one of the things I would have said, and I'm glad, I'm actually glad you guys are way more mature than me, one of the things I would have said was, I would have said one of the things I really love about Christmas is gifts. I would have said that, okay? But, now, that sounds maybe a little off, but like that verse mentioned about the gift of God, okay, Gifts are a big part of Christmas because of the original Christmas gift. Now, what's in here was one of my favorite gifts when I was little. I think I was in fourth grade. So any, any fourth graders out there? Anybody? Okay. And some of you guys that are out there in your late 30s, 40s, early 50s, you might remember what this thing is. Anybody remember what this thing is? Like 25 years ago, it's called a programmable big track. Programmable big track. See that? What's wrong with it? It's what? It's, it's broken. Yeah. But when I was, let's see, I was in fourth grade, so I was maybe, how, how old are you, honey, in fourth? Nine. So when I was nine, this was like my favorite Christmas gift, and I played for this like, with this like crazy for about two years. And what you'd do is you'd put in some numbers, and you'd say like, go forward, seven, turn left, shoot six times. Then you'd say go, and it would just do it. It would just move, and it'd shoot, and it'd do all this cool stuff, Okay. But, uh, uh, so this was a cool gift, but this has been sitting in storage now in my like attic. I, I hardly ever see this except for if I think about it. This has been sitting in like storage, and it's broken, and I don't use it anymore, okay? But I loved it when I got it. It was a cool gift. But let me read this again here, the verse from the Bible, and we'll kind of connect these two things here. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Now, let me ask you a question. Any of you guys ever do something at home and get an allowance? Do something at home, get an allowance, or maybe your parents might give you something for something you've done, okay? Okay, so if you've done that, you've gotten a wage. Does anybody know what a wage is? What's a wage? might not have heard that before. 
What's a wage? Yes. Like getting paid something. Very good. Getting paid something for for what? For? For doing. For doing something. Very good. Getting paid something for doing something. Exactly right. Okay? So that verse said, for the wages of sin is death. So, so can somebody tell us what is sin? What is sin? Sin is? Badness. Badness, yeah. Like doing bad things, lying, and things like that. So it says the wages of sin is death. If we do bad things, if we do bad things, what we get from that, like he said, you do something for a wage and you get something from it, what we get is not good. But here's the good part, and here's what's related to Jesus being born. But the gift, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So here's the big point, okay? The big idea. When we give gifts, the main reason why we give them isn't so much because we like toys, or we like clothes, or we like video games, even though that stuff's fun, okay? It's okay. But the main reason why we give them is it reminds us of the ultimate gift of Christmas. What is the ultimate gift of Christmas? Somebody already said it earlier. The ultimate gift is what? Jesus. It's Jesus, right? Is that what you're going to say? It's baby Jesus. Baby Jesus, okay? The gifts that we get here on earth, you know where they all eventually end up? This sort of stuff? It's not a, co- it's not a coincidence that I brought it up in a garbage bag, okay? It doesn't last forever. It doesn't last forever. Even your most favorite toys, like this one was for me, it's been sitting just broken, unused for like 25 years. It's a long time, isn't it? It doesn't last forever. And someday I'll throw it away. I haven't yet. I keep it for days like this, but someday I'll throw this away. But what God said, he said, but the gift of God, God's gifts, the gift of God, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Somebody who's really smart, tell us, that gift, God giving us Jesus and eternal life, does that last forever? Yes. yes, it does. You will never, 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 ever, 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 ever need one of these for that gift. That lasts forever, and it gets better and better and better. People out here who love Jesus and have Jesus in their heart, they will tell you that gift gets better and better and better. Okay, Because as you get older, I'll tell you one last thing, and then we're going to pray and we're going to be done. You guys have been so good. As you get older, this stuff, even though gifts are nice and stuff, you start to really not want this stuff as much anymore. Okay, I'm 42, and really, you know, I want to give gifts, but I really don't even care if I get anything, really. I just want to give stuff. Because as you get older, you realize the best gift's Jesus. And when you have him, you just want more of him and more of him. And you really just kind of want less of the stuff of this earth. Because it's just going to break. It's just going to be thrown away. It's temporary. But not the gift from God. Okay? So let me read the verse one more time, and then we'll pray. All right? And it says, for the wages of sin is death, bad stuff that we get for the bad stuff we do. But the gift of God. The gift that lasts forever, that you'll never throw away. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life through baby Jesus. That's the gift. That's the reason why we even give gifts, to remind us of the best gift. Okay, so everybody, hands together. You're doing great. Guys, we're really focused. Eyes closed. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, just thank you so much for the ultimate gift, baby Jesus. And help us to listen as Pastor Steve comes and talks more about that ultimate gift. 
that, that lasts forever, that will never throw away, that gets better every year as we get older and older and as we want less stuff in this earth and more of you. Thank you for baby Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Okay, very good. You can go join your parents now. Good job. you this, but every so often I catch him in his office on the floor with that big track. <laughs> oh, boy. We do a devotional like that every year, just as a reminder to you moms and dads that family devotion is uh, something that is very, very, very valuable for you as a family. Uh, as your kids are growing, it is um, a tremendous asset to you to be able to gather your family around and just share from the Word of God together. Keep it simple. Uh, whatever I taught on Sunday, you can teach that. Just keep it simple, but get the family together around the Word of God. You will not regret it. Amen? First John chapter 4. John is the apostle of love. And tucked away in this little five-chapter letter that many of you have marked, if you didn't mark it earlier, go there now, 1 John, all the way toward the end of your Bible, toward Revelation. Tucked away in there is a wonderful little Christmas devotional. But before we get into that, I titled the message for tonight, A Big Christmas. A Big Christmas. I like things simple. The more I pastor, the, the more I, I learn about the Lord, the simpler the gospel gets to me. Love God, love your neighbor. But simple doesn't mean boring. Simple doesn't mean average. I'm tired of average. Are you tired of average? I mean, I'm average height. I'm like Joe average in a thousand ways. You know, all my life, average. I'm tired of average. And Christmas, biblical Christmas, is anything but average. Anything but average. Now, for most of us, Christmas, well, is kind of average. As a matter of fact, the people from Jarlsberg Cheese, why Jarlsberg? I don't know why. Don't ask me why. They did some research on Christmas. The average family will have their first argument at 9.58 a.m. on Christmas Day, according to their research. After getting up early to see what's under the tree, tired, excited children and stressed out parents will fall out just before 10 a.m. The study of 4,100 people found the average parent then ends up telling off their children for the first time by 11.07 a.m. So what makes for the average Christmas? Get up, 7.55 a.m. Open presents, 8.19 a.m. Eat breakfast, 9.02 a.m. First munch on chocolate, 8.39 a.m. Family argument, 9.58. Tell off the kids at 11.07. For many, time of first alcoholic drink, 11.49 a.m. It's no wonder. Sit down to Christmas dinner, 3.24. First person falls asleep, 4.59 p.m. Play board game at 5.46 
and finally hit the sack at 11.39. That's the average Christmas these days in America. But again, I want to say and I want to challenge us tonight that the true biblical Christmas is anything but average. I like to keep it simple, but I want to challenge you guys to have not an average Christmas, but a big Christmas. Now, let's look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. I'm going to make this uh, brief and to the point, um, and once we're finished here, I'll excuse us, we'll go outside and we'll, we'll sing Silent Night together, and, and once we sing Silent Night, you will be excused. We'll light candles for that. But if I can just have your attention for about 10 minutes before we do that, I hope that you see what God has been uh, working on in my life and my heart tonight and, and this past week. 1 John 4, 9 to 11. I'm first going to read 9 through 10, and then we'll bring it to a close with verse 11. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be, big word, the propitiation, we'll talk about that later, for our sins. Another version, simplified version, not in your Bible probably, J.B. Phillips' version says, to us the greatest demonstration of God's love for us has been his sending his only son into the world to give us life through him. We see real love, not in the fact that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to make personal atonement for our sins. Two verses, quick summary. Twice there's a mention of God sending his son. Four times love is mentioned in those two little verses. So somehow, God wants us to know there's a connection between Christmas and his love. Simple thought. So four quick things for having a big Christmas. Big picture. Big purpose, big bonus, and big challenge. Pretty big, huh? Big picture, big purpose, big bonus, and big challenge. The norm for Christmas. For me, anybody go shopping? I'm sure, yes. You, I'm, if, you're, if I know you, I, I better have a Christmas present coming. You better have gone shopping for it. Because I still like gifts. I still think Christmas is... No, I, I like gifts. I went shopping to Richmond... That is like running a marathon. I mean, I was so tired by the end of the day of shopping. I don't know how people do that. I like online shopping. It's a lot easier. And we're sitting in the mall and just people watching. Entertainment. That is wonderful entertainment. People watching at Christmas time. You walk end to end and finally you get so tired, you sit. And I was watching one woman pay. Now, this one woman paying another woman to pluck out her eyebrows with two pieces of floss. I, I was entertaining. I'd never seen that before. I thought, wow, that's, I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. It was just entertaining. So I watched that for a while, and then I watched a frazzled mom with three little kids. You know, she had one less arm than she needed, and she, she became transformed into a mixed martial artist fighter, and she got her son in this submission hold that I didn't recognize, and she pinned him to the ground, and the other one was running off. And that's what Christmas has become. But for God, let's start with the big picture. The big picture is not this day. The big picture, look at what he says. He came to be 
in verse 9, a propitiation for our sins. Excuse me, verse 10. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. That He loved us and became for us, and He sent His Son to be this propitiation. A simple way to remember that is satisfied. Propitiation just means satisfied. If you have a car payment, when it is paid off, the, the company that holds the loan is then satisfied. They're satisfied. You don't owe them anything else, right? Once you've paid it off, the debt has been paid, they're satisfied. Propitiation just simply means satisfied. That God sent Christ into the world so he could be satisfied. Satisfied about what? Well, propitiation for our sins. Our sins. The ways we have fallen short of obeying God. Not loving one another. Not loving Him. We have amassed a big debt. A big debt. And God looks at us not as a response because we've loved Him so much, but motivated by mercy to look at the human condition and say, I've got to do something. And it's going to take something radical for me to rescue humanity from their sins, from this debt they have amassed. And so that's the big picture, that this Christmas Day was marching toward part of a bigger plan. Ultimately, that God wanted to rescue people, rescue people from the debt that they owed. So that's the big picture. Again, not to get too into, into depth with that. The big purpose, it's just before that, in verse 9, He sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. That we might live through Him. Now, I've got a heartbeat. I'm alive. But remember what happened in the garden? It was in the garden that there was Adam. And God created Adam. The problem Adam had is he wasn't yet, what? A living being. He was formed, he was made, but he didn't have any life. And the only source of life is God. I don't know what you learned in science class or have heard on the radio or on the television about evolution and creation. But I will tell you this. You cannot give what you do not have. The only source of life is God. So God breathes life into Adam. Why? Because he is the source of all life. He breathes life into Adam. From Adam he builds Eve. They fall into sin. They eat what they're not supposed to eat. They disobey God. And what happens? God said, if you do that, you're going to die. But they didn't die physically. They died spiritually. So to this day, every human being is given life by God. He's created you. He has given you life. There's no other source. There is no other source for life. And there is no other source for spiritual life than God. So what God is saying is, I sent my son on Christmas Day. The big picture being that I need to deal with the sin issue in, in, in the world so that once I deal with the sin issue, then the people I've created can actually have spiritual life. 
that they can be alive. Where do you get life? Where do you go for life? If you had a t-shirt that says, life is, to live is soccer, to live is fishing, to live is NASCAR, what pool are you drinking at? What fountain is filling you? What is the source for where you are trying to draw life? Unless it is God himself through Christ, then you are drinking at an empty well. Get it? That's what Paul, or excuse me, that's what John is trying to say. You're drinking at an empty well because God wants us to have true life through Christ in order that we may live through him. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, the good shepherd comes to give life and more that more abundantly. Superior, extraordinary, surpassing, uncommon. Does that describe you? Does that describe your life? Superior, extraordinary, surpassing, or uncommon? Or just average? Just average. The big purpose, the big purpose to give you life, to help you to drink at the fountain, the only source of life. The big bonus, I like this part. Look at the, uh, the first verse there that we were talking about, verse 9, in this the love of God was manifested toward us, that he sent his only begotten son. In this the love of God was made known. You see, not all gifts come from love. There, there was a man, let's call him Harry, and Harry was a particularly discouraged husband, and he decided to buy his mother-in-law a Christmas gift. Do you know what he got her? Of course you don't, it's my story. He got her a cemetery plot. Now, I, wanna, I have to clarify something because my mother-in-law is going to listen to this and it's not you. It's not you, mother-in-law. When she listens to this, she's going to think that... No, i got to clarify that. I'm not, it's not me, it's Harry that's doing this, not Steve. So he buys his... I would never do that. He buys his mother-in-law a cemetery plot as a Christmas gift. The next year comes and he doesn't buy her anything. And she says to him, well... Why haven't you bought me a gift this year? And he says, well, you still haven't used the one I bought you last year. <laughs> Sometimes we give gifts for odd reasons. But the Bible tells me and you that in Christmas, in the incarnation, in Jesus Christ, in God giving his son, the love of God was made known, revealed, manifested. Just simply means to make known what was hidden or unknown. You see, some of you are sitting here and maybe you believe in God. Maybe you don't. And maybe if you believe in God, certainly God has no influence or effect in humanity. He just kind of made things and he set them, he wound it all up and he turned it loose. He has nothing to do with life. That's Christmas hogwash. You know, that, that goes in the face of what Christmas is all about. He says, in this, the love of God was made known. What had been hidden, what you didn't understand, is explained to you at Christmas time. He has made it known to you, to me, to us, to the world. It is His expression of love to me and you. Malachi 1.2, God says through the prophet, I have loved you, says the Lord. And you know what their response is to him? In what way have you loved us? We don't, we, we're not sure you've loved us. 
And this is the answer to that question, Christmas. When we say, in what way have you loved us, God? He says, I sent not just my son, I've got six others. My only begotten son. That means unique. Unique. Enough just to send a son. How many of you have sons? Can you imagine taking your son out of your care and your protection and sending him to a place like planet Earth from heaven? What a culture shock. I mean, God didn't do Christmas because he got bored in heaven. You know, like heaven got stale and old and let me see how the other half lives. He did it. And the bonus, the big bonus, he did it so we could have what? Life, right? He did it so we could have what? Life, right? But the side product of that, the big bonus of that was at the same time because he was willing to give us the gift, what that showed us was his love. Was his love. He didn't buy us that cemetery plot. As a matter of fact, he gave us eternal life so we wouldn't need one. I like the MasterCard commercials. Wrapping paper, $3. Special Christmas dinner, $40. New Amazon Kindle, $189. The only begotten Son of God sent into this world. Say it. Priceless. Priceless. You see, love is invisible, like faith or like the wind. The only way you know it exists is by seeing the results of it. The results of it. So, the big bonus is that God shows us, if we had any question, his love for us. Now, finally, the big challenge, look at verse 11. This Christmas Eve, he says to us here tonight, Beloved, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. The big challenge. Another version puts it, if God loved us as much as that, surely we in our turn should love each other. See, we ought to love one another. It's not a suggestion. That's not a, well, if we get around to it, maybe we should think about that. It's a, if God has done this for us, that ought to compel us, move us, to do the same toward others. So what do we do with this verse? What do we do with this concept? What do we leave here considering Christmas Eve? I want you to look with me under God's Christmas tree. Okay, I don't want you to turn there. I want you to listen. We look at God's Christmas tree, which of course we know the tree is Calvary's tree, where Christ was crucified, where that baby in the manger, that big picture we talked about, propitiation or satisfaction for sin, that's 33 years later, we see Christ there on God's Christmas tree, not decorated with lights, but with the light. And at the foot of that cross, there are a group of people, a small group of people, Two of those people are Mary, his mother, and the other one is John, the writer of this letter, the apostle that refers to himself as the one that Jesus loved. They're both there under the tree at the foot of the cross. And Jesus doesn't look down at them and say, where's my presence? What'd you bring me? He looks at them and he says, and I'll, quote, I'll read it to you from the Gospel of John, he says, standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother Mary, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother 
And the disciple whom he loved, standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. So, let me make the connection for you. Under the tree, with Christ on it, the light of the world, at the foot of the cross, are two people. And rather than Christ saying, Hey, I need, I want... He says, I want you to take care of her. And I want you guys to be a family. He's concerned with them doing what? Loving one another. Under the Christmas tree, there's lots of, there's lots of gifts, I'm sure. But here's my challenge. For years, I think I brought it with me, we have done, the kids have done, these little coupon books. For us for Christmas. Can you see that? It says coupon booklet. Here's the challenge. Tonight, especially for us guys, because we didn't get all the shopping done that we really wanted to, and, and our wives are hard to shop for anyway, so I'm going to help you out here. You, when she's in bed, or when she's not looking, you, you get some pieces of paper, and, you, and a stapler, or a nail gun, or whatever you can find. And wives, you can do this too. Kids as well. This, is from, this was one from my son. And you think about what would demonstrate love. Anybody can buy a gift. But think about what might say I love you to that person, to those people who are close to you. And write out some things in what we call a coupon book. And what these are, see my kids know that I love to have my head scratched. I feel so good. You know, I just, my leg starts to move and, you know... Oh, I love. So I got a coupon for head scratching. Good for up to five minutes of head scratching anytime. Use only once, no doubt. <laughs> and, and, you know, a, a devotional. Dad, they said, anytime you want to grab us for devotional, you just use this coupon, pull it out. You know, a, a video game together. Anytime you want to play me in a video game and get whooped, you know, you can use that coupon. Kitchen cleanup. I like that one. Relax, nap, and watch as the kids clean the entire kitchen. Use only one time. <laughs> so there are just some ideas, some things that you can do practically tonight to put under the tree that recognize and acknowledge that just as Christ, just as God has manifested his love toward us in sending his son, so we ought to manifest our love to one another by showing it through kindness, through love, through doing things that say, I love you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, uh, I just pray that those here consider having a big Christmas. Big in terms of love. Big in terms of understanding just what is going on behind the scenes. That you had a big plan, Lord to give us life. Big purpose, that your focus was on us and our lives, Lord. That we would not die in our sins, but that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Father, I pray that many ideas would be shared tonight and many would be called to consider the love you've had for us and so to express that love to one another under the Christmas tree. And I pray that in Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Okay.